Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is your host, Jordan Halstead. I wanted to take a quick moment to gift you guys something that we did last year. So starting last spring, me and a few of the guys started doing this thing called the Comic Book Club. The Comic Book Club was where we were reading a comic book and discussing it and just giving more information of what you should be reading, what what are things that we could be reading, what we're not reading, and, and why you should go down a route or why not. And we tried to put a charge on it, but it really didn't work out. And then with the unfortunate passing of our dear friend Bama, we just didn't continue it. Um, Life got in the way. We didn't really feel that without Bama being there, it just kind of started to fall apart. He was the heart of that one for us um, and helping me get that started. So with that, I wanted to make sure that you guys had an opportunity to hear the episodes that we had created. And so this is our bonus content from year two. Guys, thank you so much for supporting us. Um, We hope you enjoy this content. Hey guys, welcome back to Comic Book Club. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and today we will be talking about otherwise known as Invincible. Yeah, that's the blood splatter from their TV show, and so we were talking about how we can incorporate some things, so there we go. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I've got today Chick and Will. Thank you, guys. Oh, I'm so stoked for this. Yeah, Chick has been begging, and uh, been I've been there with him. I've been, I've been, there, I've been there with him a little bit, so... <laughs> I, well, I think it's really funny because Chick has been saying this basically since the show ended back last year, and I remember just having this conversation like, hey, I don't know if this is a series that we even want to touch because it's very adult-rated and we've got kids who listen, and when we started this idea of Comic Book Club, I fell in love with this series. I thought this was a really good book read, and I, I actually called up Will and Chick. I called both you guys, and I said, you know, what if we do Invincible? This is something that Ch- Chick's been wanting to do for a little while, and I think this will be a really good way to to kind of do the episode, but do it right because we're not just talking the TV show; we're talking mostly this comic. So, I want to start this off with what are your guys' thoughts about Invincible, Omni Man, Robot, and Atomic Eve? They're more your main characters in the first volume. So, what are your guys' thoughts with these four characters? Uh, I, I gotta say, it is kind of hard. Uh, I- not not necessarily, but just after, now after reading it, I'm like I have all the character voices in my head from the TV show a little bit. Yeah, I can't separate it now. Uh, so like I, I can now that 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 it's actually become like I don't know if it's necessarily mainstream, but like uh, it, it's getting on the pulse of people's uh, it's getting on people's radar now. So like I can hear see because I, I read this a while back because I was very interested in it because they were talking or it was early talks like oh it's going to be a show or it's going to be live action, which I think that's still in the works potentially with the same people involved which if if so yes I, and i mean steven yoon like that dude does not age <laughs> um it's very true but, uh very true uh but uh it was just a nice uh thing to it was a nice walk down memory lane because from that first reread of it uh I, I like mark he's solid he's a solid dude and i just i can't get jk simmons out of my head though his his voice like i, I can't get jay jonah out of my head either so just see, and just see, also, I hate to keep. I, I don't hate to bring this up. I, I feel like I, I am gonna. Me and Chick might both get. I think we might all be guilty of this. Bringing up the show a lot. I, like I just, 
I didn't know how much they deviated or, or didn't deviate on, in the show. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't remember this or this, but like I, I was rereading, I'm like, Oh, like they like almost did this like shot for shot. Yeah. In these early issues, <laughs> maybe not directly, but like, I'm like, okay, that happened. That happened. All right. Th- that character is new, but like, it, it's, it, it's great. And I'm, and I'm glad uh, we finally got it. I mean, I got this little thick little textbook over here. Oh, but you got an omnibus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love all the characters in it, and the artwork's solid. I just, I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but what? Maybe I'm thinking of Walking Dead, but like, don't uh, wasn't this in like uh, some of Kirkman's earlier stuff? Weren't they all black and white initially in the uh, first volumes, or the, was that just Walking Dead? That was Walking Dead. The whole series is black and white. Gotcha. All right, but I swear I thought this was black and white. So when I saw color again, I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. So, all right, I'll let you and Chick take it from there. Chick, what are your thoughts, bud? <clears throat> okay, um, so uh, I right, one second. Uh, I'm I'm hearing an echo. It's using the crap out of me. Is that better? I, 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 I went away. I went away. What happened? It was Will. It, okay. His headphone every now and does that. Uh, all right, cool. Good thing I just started with my, with with that answer then. Okay, cool. Three, two, one. All right. Um, so I started off. I know we're not we're, we're trying to not talk about the show too much on this episode, which is awesome because um, I love this comic book. Um, but when when I when I read it, I read it after the show um, because I love the show so much that I was like, no, I, I have to read all of this. So I just like hyper focused on it and just like consumed all of it within like a couple of weeks. Um, so, anyways, it was hard to. Uh, uh, it was hard to, uh, like Will said, get like J.K. Simmons' voice out of my head when when reading it and everything. Um, but yeah, uh, I love um, deconstruction, uh, deconstructionist uh, comic book stuff. Um, it's why I love Watchmen. It's why I love The Boys, and it's why I love this because a lot of this stuff is um, a awesome uh, different point of view on superhero tropes. So like Omni Man. Uh, being uh kind of just this like uh almost like sideways superman where um if you haven't read this yet spoilers he's 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 a bad guy at first but he also at first he's a good guy then he's a bad guy then he goes back to being a good guy but by the way i know we're, we're, we haven't covered this part of the story yet but omni man's um um redemption arc is so amazing um i love omni man's uh, redemption arc but anyways it's such a side omni man's such a sideways uh, Superman, where Superman's it's just like pure beacon of hope, and he just remains that in most stories. Sometimes, you know, like uh, Red Sun or um, Injustice, he doesn't. But yeah, but Omni Man's like this pure beacon of hope until he finds out he isn't, right? So he's this like fake beacon of hope that turns to be a tyrannical, con- like dictator conqueror guy, right? Um, so it's such a awesome like put Superman's trope on 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 its side, and I think it's beautiful. Um, Mark is awesome because he's like I can really relate to Mark because there's this like um, aspect of wanting to be greater, wanting to be really good, but like feeling you like you're not enough to do it, and then struggling through all of that. And that's a really big trope through this whole series. So I love Mark, um, and um, Eve is awesome because she's like classic. Uh, like classic 
popular, super popular girl at school, but also she's like really freaking nice and um will actually be your friend. And so like nerdy guys like us are like, oh my goodness, which ner- which Mark is very nerdy. Um, so nerdy guys like us are like, oh my gosh, I might be able to have a shot with this person, even though she's like way out of my league. And but she's also a really good person in general. So and uh, robot ends up being you don't see it yet um so i'm not going to spoil it for you but robot ends up being like one of the most interesting characters in all comic books because of what (laughs) what he goes through um so yeah those are really great characters and there's i can go on and on about some some more of these characters and the tropes they go through and stuff and how there's a different point of view with you know stereotypical superhero tropes with all of these characters but yeah i love i love these characters but what are you jordan you know for me, I, I look at characters like Invincible being Mark, and I, I think that you've got that kind of Blue Beetle, Spider-Man kind of vibe with different set of superpowers, and, and you've got that, that kind of teenage coming of age, which a lot of great stories come from coming of age stories. We've been talking about that in some of the, the future episodes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I love the way that they wrote him. I like the way that he just he just is like there's certain spots where you think like oh hey this is like that teenage nerd peter parker kind of feel but then other other pieces you're like but he's not like he doesn't have the same problems he's got a different set of problems he's got a totally different set of powers he's willing to play ball and and be more of a team player when he needs to be and and when he doesn't Mm -hmm. he just kind of does his own thing and i think that was really cool i think one of my favorite interactions is when him and eve uh they're just they're dynamic interactions together they're like Oh, we yeah. both go to the same school. Oh, hey, d- what are you doing after school? Oh, no, I'm I'm dating Rex. Oh, no, I wasn't Rex. talking like like just kind of a not necessarily like he was into her, but it was one of those like it could totally be perceived that way. And it mm-hmm. was it was fun to see some of those and like go, when they when they went to go change in their super suits and they walk in on the two couple or the other two people making out and they're like, oh, "Can't yeah, you but, find your own spot?" Oh, and I'm like, yeah. "What they like what the, was probably going through those characters' head was this is our spot where we turn into superheroes, <laughs> and <laughs> I just liked how Eve is is very dynamic as a character. She's not your typical like Mary Jane Watson or like I'm so beauty uh, or I've got so much beauty and like that's my superpower. Like she's genuinely a good girl. Um, she is just this this wonderful character that is is properly developed. I think that she just as a character is just done very well, at least from this first volume with the first four issues. I think she was done very, very well. The thing about Eve, one of the things I love about Eve the most, and um, we'll find this out on, on later, later episodes, like way down the line. Eve is one of the most, and probably other than any other of um, like, you know, Omni-Man and the other, um, what are they called? Um, The, um, Oh, they're like justice league team. No, no, no. The uh, what's Viltrumites. On... Viltrumites. Yeah, Viltrumites. Thank you. Uh, other than any of the Viltrumites, uh, Eve is like the most powerful character in this whole series. I've, I've started picking some of that up. She seems like she's kind of blossoming into her powers. Like she doesn't really know the full like, potential. And I, I feel like all of it yet. I've only remember. read the first volume. Oh, I'm not a spoiler for you. You'll, yeah. you'll find, later down the line, you'll find out how powerful she really is. Awesome. It's crazy. She goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> in, a, in a way <laughs> no not in a way just something something really crazy happens a couple times with her honestly and you will see well, why because her, her her superpower is is she can literally um she's pretty much um dr manhattan from from watchmen that's what she is she can 
she can manipulate atoms. That's why her name's Adam and Eve. Nice. So, insane, yeah. So, the other two characters being Robot and uh, Omni-Man, I've watched the series, and now I'm reading this, and I feel gypped because I'm like, it's kind of like knowing, like, Darth Vader, like, that big twist and, and turn of events, and, like, to know that part of their story has already been shared. It's like... It's like watching the prequels before you watch episode five. Like you, you've mi- like you, you're ruining part of the story. You're you're learning like, oh wait, time out. I knew this. Or versus like the first time watching with the original trilogy, you're like, oh no, he's not. And like just, I remember watching those growing up, and the prequels weren't out at the time. I I grew up as they were happening, and so for this, I feel like the show has gypped me of a few things. But I'm excited to see the pacing. Because you were talking about, you know, Omni Man's a bad guy, and there's this this whole time frame, and and I didn't know that he he comes back to being a good guy, but in the show you see that, and then in this this series, mm-hmm. like in the first volume, you don't really see that. Like you see this whole good guy kind of feel. You're like, oh, he's like Superman, cool, and then you just kind of just let it go and and do that, and it's not gonna stay that way. Nope. And I know that because <laughs> of the show, unless the show has completely lied to me, but. You know, there there's these characters and robot like robot just seems a little weird for me at this moment in time. Like I'm just trying to figure out kind of his his storyline where he's going because he seems like a team leader. But we're not as far in the books as the, the show starts in the first episode. So like it's a little different. And they, they've... The, show, the show blows through like the these first like this the first volume of this comic book series in this first episode. Yeah, pretty much. And and they, yeah. they added a little further. And so as we kind of get into this series, that's where we're gonna go. But there's there was a lot that just kind of and they they've changed a few pieces around. And so I'm like, oh wait, that happens after this. Oh wait, this happens because there's this moment where uh, time works differently for certain aliens in this book. And Omni-Man just kind of goes away. And the very end, it cracked me up. I loved the the dynamic between Mark and his parents. And there's his mom is kind of worried that Omni-Man's not back. And she's like, so, anything interesting happened to either of you today? And then, like, they go in and say, like, I found out my teacher was turning my classmates into organic bombs. And I guess <laughs> I spent the last eight months enslaved by an army. And, like, she's like, that's nice. Who wants dessert? Like realizes the dynamic and i i'm like this is a this is weird this is a little different it's not your typical superheroes but it's still a lot of fun yeah um that's and that um i think um mark's mom is one is a super interesting character in this and and um you'll you'll see as as this as this you know series goes that uh um who's the author what's his name um we were just talking Robert yeah, Kirkman. Kirk, yeah, yeah, Kirkman. He uses the mom for a lot of different things. Um, and he does it really well. Um, so he's a really interesting character. And this this for this part of the timeline where she's just like, Oh yeah, I got you know, I got a superhero for a husband and now I have a superhero for a <laughs> for a son. No big deal. So just a normal human being dealing with everyday stuff for with the superhero family. Um it's. I think. I think that's pretty cool. I. I, I mean, and it's you like, don't see yeah. that dynamic. Sorry, uh, you don't. You don't you're see good. That Go ahead. Dynamic. That. Yeah. Okay. My bad. I just. You don't see that dynamic a whole lot. Like. I mean, they tried. They did it even just to use uh, almost a direct, the th- almost the direct 
I'm going to put in quotes, rip off of this Superman and his son, Jonathan, and with the super sons and doing that when they go back to Smallville and just even right. Superman and Lois, like obviously Superman is not evil as far as we know. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's not. Um, but uh, just seeing how Lois has to deal with like essentially living with gods and like being like, like his rock in his center being the key. She's the key. Uh, but just like, you can continue chick. I just like, you don't, you just don't see, get to see a, a superhero family dynamic unless it's fantastic Four or. Right. right. Yeah. And, and you, you see, uh, yeah. And you see so many, um, she, the mom use, is used for so many different things. Um, and they're all like, uh, just really great representations of how would a normal human being live their day-to-day life like this? And I think it's, uh, you can, I'll say this, you can, you can use as the reader, you can use Mark's mom as the way to insert yourself into this story. You can be like, how, how would I, how would I feel about all this? Oh, I can relate to the mom because I'm a normal human being. And, it can be stressful. It can be heartbreaking, but it can also be super chill and exciting at the same time to be in her place because you're normal human beings. Um, and then as you go along, further along with the story, you'll be able, you'll see how how you can relate <laughs> to to Mark's mom even more. So she's a she's a fantastic part of the story, honestly. Yeah, and I I always read her voice as uh oh. uh what what was the Grey's Anatomy. I got the thing up right here. Yeah, the girl who plays uh, Christi- oh. Christopher or Christi- Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, Sandra O. Oh. Um, she she does a phenomenal job, and she she was recently in another movie that came out. And I mean, I love her. I've seen her from Grey's Anatomy playing Christina. Loved her. And I I'm as I'm reading this, like I'm reading it in her voice. I'm like, man, that. And when you have a good cast, that show was great. And I'm just reading these characters as the voices that mm-hmm. played them. Now I want to move and shift gears a little bit. Do you like Mark being invincible? Uh, do you like his character being someone who descended from a superhero and had to kind of mature into his powers? Like his powers just kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't like they just slowly developed. Like when we watch Mar or uh, Superman with the the Man of Steel movie, you see as a kid like small fragments of his power start to show up. Like he can start to hear more. He's got laser vision. He's got all these different things, and he has to kind of train and learn. Where Mark is like sixteen, and he finally gets his powers. Like, do you like that aspect of this story? Do you not? What are your thoughts, Chick? Okay, yeah. Um, so it reminded me of two distinct Disney movies. Okay, all right. And here, okay, the first one, uh, one's a little bit more well known. The other one's not as well known. But uh, the first movie it reminded me of. Um, was the Disney Channel original movie Up, Up and Away, Ooh, with the solid with with the with the superhero family, but then the youngest son doesn't get his powers, and he ends up not getting them at all in the movie. Sorry, spoilers. The movie's been out for like tw- over twenty years, so if I spoiled it for you, I'm sorry. But yeah, the youngest the youngest son doesn't get any powers, and then this is the whole thing where he fakes having powers and has to try to fake to be a superhero, and then ends up saving the day. Anyways, anyways, the other one reminds me of. Um, is um is uh sky high yeah that that one is the oh, oh, oh. With, the, with the young daniel pennebaker let's go yes three lady yeah um and bruce campbell is the coach yeah i love that movie well anyways even yeah. uh even uh what's the villain's name what's the actress who played the villain 
I forget, but she's Huntress in... Yeah, she's Huntress, yeah. but she's also... Uh, she's life partner or, or something like that to Ewan McGregor. She she like they're they're not married but they're they're living together they're boyfriend girlfriend engaged something like that um yeah, I think yeah. they even have a kid or something like that together and so That's yeah nice. so I didn't know that and they must enjoy doing that movie together because he's uh by the way Ewan McGregor is an awesome uh, black mask but yeah <laughs> so so back to to this whole invincible piece what are your thoughts the you said something about Sky High you just like yeah the, the so parallel? it really reminded me of Sky High um the whole um coming of age and um because like i don't stories where you're dealing with your powers the whole time like it's been done a lot you know superman um or really any other any anything else like like that but like having the struggle of knowing that there's something great for you um but not being certain on when it when it comes like that's a very relatable story and i enjoyed it for me, I know that I enjoyed seeing how it happened. Like he mm-hmm. knew that any day it could happen, and right. and he just like chucks a trash bag. <laughs> yeah. Like of all the things, because I feel like we've seen the Peter Parker of oh I got bit and like I can see with glass or glasses off now and I can and run or I'm like going up yeah. a wall or I'm doing like you've got that kind of storyline or you've got Superman where it's like, okay, well my power started to emerge a little bit here and there. You've got green lantern where, Oh, I've got a ring and it immediately takes me to Oa and I've got to kind of mm-hmm. learn and, and, and go as I go. And, uh, you know, you have so many stories like that where you've got a guy who my dad's Omni man. He's the world's greatest superhero. And it literally is just a, unfortunate reflex <laughs> he chucks i would have lost it if the next panel would have like shown that it hit like the uh international space station or something like it just <laughs> like it busts in the sky or that something would, like that that would have been on brand for kirkman that would be super oh, yeah. on brand oh yeah <laughs> yeah and, and just the like because there were there were so many pieces to this that it feels very yeah. very comedic very different like the show i thought was like right. Oh, they probably took a lot of liberties. No, they they stuck pretty pretty hard to a lot of source material. I mean, like they changed some things around and whatnot, but it was done really well. And I loved that he knew, hey, you know, maybe they're not gonna come, or they can show up any day. And he he had those conversations, and and next thing you know, he just chucks a trash bag, and I'm like, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, go, the 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 thing about the trash bag is like he was at. He wasn't having like a great day. He was just kind of like, like, oh, I have to go to work because got to be a responsible teenager. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> trash bag. Well, and it's funny because as soon as like all that happens, he's like, you know, I got to go work at my job. When one of his friends asked him to go hang out, and he's like, uh, doesn't your dad like? Doesn't he make bank because he's got, he's a famous book writer? And right. he's like, yeah, my dad's trying to teach me responsibility or something like that. And <laughs> I just kind of laugh. And part of me being a dad, I sit back and I'm like, maybe that's partially because you don't want your kid in different circles. And if he's going to become a superhero or you just don't want him attached because I know what's supposed to happen. And I'm like, if you're going to be doing what you're doing, like, don't be attached to these people. Like, I've already made the mm-hmm. mistake and I attached myself to your mom. Like, this is just one of those things. And. I, I right. think that his character not having superpowers from the beginning and kind of having to wait, I think that enhanced the story. Will, what are your thoughts about Invincible not having his powers at the beginning and maturing into them? 
Well, I think any of us, because uh, uh, I think that kind of goes into your question about uh, being like the descendant of like a Superman yeah. type person. Yeah. Uh, I just, okay, so I'm going to give you some fun backstory on me. Uh, when I was really big into Superman and Smallville, I always joked that I, since I didn't really know my bio dad, that, hey, maybe Superman's my bio dad or I have Kryptonian DNA. Haha. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Not really Superman, but like, I, I, in my head canon, it was uh, some Kryptonian coward who came to Earth, got with some Earth woman, and then I became Stronghold because Sky High was also big, and uh, my name is Will. Which, so, yep. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. We we were talking about that. Yeah. Oh, ooh, another good parallel there. Oh, I miss. I can't believe I missed out on the Will Stronghold vibe. And you're like, we're talking about all this Will stuff, and he's not even here. <laughs> and he, he even wears my, my my signature colors, man, red, white, and blue over there. Dang. Uh, yeah, but I, I think. I mean, I think we, we, I think we would all be getting a little bit impatient, but when that day comes, it's like, like we just being all giddy, just like when you like get like that growth spurt or like, I feel uh, like it would be like Christmas morning. Like you get oh, yeah, so like, excited. You, your presence there right under the tree. It's right mm-hmm. there. It's that, that beautiful gift you've been waiting forever for. And it's just right there. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I would totally, even though like I watch so many superhero things, I would totally like live it up and be like hey what's up ladies how's it going like i I, i'd be kind of like wally from uh young justice like unfortunately with my powers so no absolutely i think i think that's a a great take on it is you know for that it it just you're ready for it and it's just let's go so what did you guys think of the team of young heroes i forget their name off the top of my head chick you're gonna have to team 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 team's the other one um it's like their main competitor, I'm pretty sure, right? I can't remember. Oh, they, they that other team hasn't shown up in the first volume. All I know oh, is yeah. that they've got like this. It's not. It's uh the other. It's yeah, whatever their team's called. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you guys think I, of this team showing up and kind of creating this like Teen Titans kind of vibe? Did you guys like that? Did you think? Well, just what were your seeing thoughts? that so early on, like it's uh, when I initially picked it up, I was just like, oh, like we're already going into this because like. This isn't like a, a dig at it, but like Invincible, like there, there are some great character moments there, but there is some like simple, just like seeing the panels and letting it like pay out. Like if I had to, I mean, it's images in indie comic studio, more or less. I mean, it's it's like maybe like just under Marvel and DC, if, if I'm being honest uh, here, but like it just almost kind of feels like an indie superhero movie and like, oh, hey, like we're like the off-brand Teen Titans. Like we, we don't have the rights to Teen Titans, but we can do this technically, like and just establishing the world like we were just talking in another uh, comic book club about how um, in Star Wars, the High Republic, like they just throw you into it and you just expect you to take it. Like Invincible kind of at least slowly eases you into it. Like, oh, hey, here's his home life. Here's his school life. And oh, oh hey, also here's a, a team of uh, teen superheroes and some other goings on in his world. So I, I, I like the kind of slow build. Like, hate to bring up the show again because uh, it's, it's far, it's so good. <laughs> but like just... I, I can see that being like a, a solo ep- a solo episode, which hey, the show essentially kind of did their own take on it. So, it's yeah. So, uh, like I, I was talking about how Omni Man is really good for like, uh, you know, deconstructing the Superman trope. I feel like I kind of feel the opposite with um, r- with Robots Team um, because the the tropes that uh, Teen Titans uses, um, you don't see a lot of that with this team. Because you got like, 
uh, you got, you kind of see, um, even you kind of see kind of like a like a more cynical view of what teenagers are like with this because you, you got like Rexplode who's just straight up douche like the dude's just like stereotypical douche guy that you hate. He's not a bully. I mean, he is kind of a bully, but he's not like a. Like he's a not bully, the guy bully, you hung out with in high school. He's just like the he's like the douchey guy that, as a nerdy guy in high school, you're like, I hate that guy so much, and especially since he's with Eve in the beginning. Um, so, and then you got um, uh, so we're, we're the the question is about the team beginning, not when they reform the Guardians, right? Correct. Is that the question? Yeah. Okay. Just like just cool. from the first about, volume, the first four issues. Come on, yeah. I was about to mention Monster Girl, but she doesn't come until until they reform the team. Um, but yeah, uh, and then you got um, like Duplicate, who uh, we haven't gotten there yet. Who uh, she becomes uh, more deep into the into the plot um, as you go further. But she's not. She's kind of just a. Um, yeah, we haven't heard much from her yet. I think it, like in the uh, two I'm not, I'm not issues. Spoil what happens. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil what happens her down the line for you, Jordan. Since you haven't read it yet. Um, but she's kind of just a meh character so far. Um, and, but then you got robot, which you can say robot is a really good trope for like, uh, like, um, cyborg or whatever. Um, but cyborg isn't robots more like if cyborg had Robin's, uh, or Nightwing's like role in the thing. But, um, so it's unlike Omni-Man, who's a very clear parallel to superman uh uh robots team isn't a clear parallel to um to the teen titans but i i, I like their team though i like their dynamic because it's like i said it's more cynical to what teenager teenagers are actually like especially when you're a superhero you have rough childhoods like um you'll get more into it later but Rex rexplode childhood was awful which is why he's such a terrible person um yeah. Yeah, and then um, you have the whole this whole dichotomy with with Rexplode's terrible childhood, with and then uh, Eve's like super fluffy nice life with her suburban parents and awesome you know student at school and the whole future ahead of her and her super and she's like a perfect superhero that everyone loves. So like, you, it's more it's more like high school than Teen Titans is. You know, yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I like about it. For me, you know, I, in the first four issues that I've read, did not care for the team. It feels very. Like, I don't even know how to say it. It's one of those like Mark isn't fitting in. He's really only kind of fitting in with Eve. They're kind of creating their own clique in this group, and he can't really make any moves. And we're going to hop into their relationship here in a minute, but. You know, he didn't really do a whole lot. He's not even on the team officially. And so he's just kind of showing up as a support character and we're getting. Yeah, we're just see we're seeing a lot of back and forth with it. And I just don't know that I like this team. I will say like Marvel is not typically a teenage team like full of sidekicks and all that. Like we have like the champions, right. the uh, the young Avengers. Now you see those more more recently, but DC definitely like. Teen Titans, Young Justice, you see a lot of the Teen Titan or the, the Teen Heroes like really get involved and I feel like they're better like written 
Um, I haven't read a lot of Young Avengers or, or Champions or anything like that, but I feel like it's better known to be like, oh, hey, would you rather read right. DC or Marvel for, for Teenage Heroes? Like, well, I'd rather watch or read DC. The good thing about, about this, Jordan, is that this team doesn't last very long. So. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like this team, it feels very like Mod Podge. Like, we just kind of need to have a Teen Titans champions young avengers kind of feel just to make the presence there and that's all they yeah, really so did for me like it, of, it honestly it's kind of just for mark yeah that's what it feels like yeah it's it's, it's kind of like it, it's just there to kind of say hey there's a young teenage group and that's that's as far as this goes but we were talking about mark and eve just a minute ago and i want to hop in what are your guys' thoughts on the relationship between them and we're sticking with the first four issues uh do you guys like that it's this relationship is the way it is. Do you wish that it was a little bit more at this moment? And we're sticking with the first four. Remember that. So, cause we don't want to get into further issues cause I don't know exactly where it's going yet, but I have a feeling I do. And I know this is going to run very differently. So we'll, we'll see kind of where it goes, but what are your thoughts on Mark and Eve? I mean, I think it plays out just like any, if I'm not mistaken, just like kind of like any other high school relationship, like, you, you, of course you made like the perfect girl for you like oh my god i can i can hide the secret life with you and do this and that oh but she's dating a douche so mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then yep. you meet the, then you meet the friends and they're all awkward uh and they, towards you and they're not really your favorite just I, I i mean besides just commentary about like superhero stuff it's like like most superhero stories it parallels uh the real stuff going on so i i, I right. think it nailed it like i think i think had young will been reading comics more religiously when smallville was out like this and smallville would like be like my bibles essentially (laughs) oh and yeah no this is so typical high school um and it's uh i think the brilliant thing that that kirkman does with this is because a lot of teenager stories are either um girl next door or like unattainable popular girl that somehow you end up with like it's either or of those and he puts both of those things together with eve um so like holy crap eve's like dream girl but one of the things i really appreciate about the beginning of their relationship is and it, sh- it really should be this way i mean jordan you're married um will and i aren't so i'm not an expert with this kind of thing but at least in my opinion, the, the really what it should be is they build, even though he's got a huge crush on her, they build their friendship super well first before they get into anything. Yeah. Um, and I think they, they, they really um, build this, this bond through doing superhero stuff together um, super strongly. Um, and I think uh, it sets a really good foundation for the future. I won't tell you exactly how they get end up together, Jordan, but it really... It really sets. You ruined it. Job. I didn't know they got together. You ruined it. Okay. <laughs> and that was our Stephanie Brown moment for the podcast. Uh, oh, Spoiler. Oh, and I, I just remember they don't—they're not together yet in the in the show either. So I was like, oh, they, you, anyways. Nope. I didn't know. It, It's—I mean, it's super obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's enough telltale signs that I mean, we've been we've been watching TV since the '90s. We we understand yeah. this. We understand how this works. They're setting everything up, and it, it follows the the main tropes that hey, it's gonna yeah. happen. It's just a matter yeah. of when. Right. Yeah. And anyways, um, and a lot of it, uh, I feel like this works out so differently than 
a lot of coming of age superhero stories where you have like uh, with Spider Man, Peter Parker always pining over um, MJ. Mary Jane. Yeah, and then like it never happens until he becomes Spider Man until he has that moment. But like with this, it, it, it happens at such a different kind of timeline that they're forced to like just really build this friendship first as you know teammates and partners and stuff superheroing together and stuff so i i really appreciate that but also really appreciate just how brilliant the writing is with putting together girl next door and like super amazing nice popular girl all in the same like person uh, so eve eve's one of my favorite characters in this whole story if, if that has been obvious yet so yeah what about you jordan you know i i like them i think that it's at this moment it's kind of like a very quick bond connection of more brother sister kind of vibe which Mm -hmm. a lot of good love stories start that way of hey you know we're setting this foundation early we're we're connecting really well you're you're currently dating someone so we can't date kind of situation if like you said very high school um i deal with high schoolers i deal with with the raw emotions of oh they're really cute but they're dating so like i i see this and i'm just like this is so real life and like (laughs) I think that's one thing that gets me is when you read a comic like Marvel or DC, not a lot of love stories are very real to life. Like there's certain moments where you see some real to life situations, but let's be honest. Will, are you going back in time to get that perfect dance with Peggy? Yep. He he put it down. (laughs) He left. left. Um, (laughs) He's coming back. You you knew exactly where I was going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know you. I, I know you. So, but, but really like, there's not all these love stories that you are so head over heels that you feel like, Oh, that is my exact love story. There's times where you're like, you know, there's, I, I believe that. Yeah. I, I relate to that portion. Like for me, I love Carol and, and Hal Jordan, Carol Ferris, Hal Jordan. I think they've got a great relationship because she doesn't take any of his crap. And that I feel a lot of that time. It's like me and my wife, Caitlin, Katie is, is very like, I don't take your crap. I tell you what to do. You got to do like, Hey, I, I need to like, she keeps me in line and not, not in a bad way. It's just, it, it just is what it is. And, and you go through and you know, Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris, she don't take no crap. She tells him, Hey, this is how it is. Just do it. And I feel like there's a lot of times where it parallels my relationship with Katie to theirs, but then there's times where it feels very, very different and it is not our relationship. And so this one feels very high school relationship. Um, I remember having that kind of relationship. I remember pining over a few different girls in high school and, and just that, that idea yeah. where you got closer in different ways. Like there was one girl that she's like a sister. And when I found out that she was uh, going into the military, I prayed for her. And now that she's back home, like I used to, I, I still think the world of her. I think she's, she's awesome. But am I attracted in the same way? No, it's because we set the foundation differently. She's more of a sister. And so it's, it's really cool to see how that's going to kind of work out. I wonder how it's going to be played in, in future issues. So I'm excited to see that. So with that, I want to move over to Mark's super suit. And did you prefer his original, the the really crappy made one where he's got like the bandana kind of covering like his face? T-shirt, yeah. Yeah, he's got the t-shirt. He looks more like an outlaw because I loved that. Yeah. I loved that look. Or do you guys like the the more custom made, where it's the really nice sleek? He's got Mark Hamill designing his super suit. What what are your guys' thoughts there? Right. Well, when you got uh, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker d- uh, designing your suit, I, you're in good hands. Okay, I, but also you have Joker. 
doing your suit. So which one, which Mark Hamill are we going with here? Uh, I would I'm wear a Joker suit. The one from the Giver. I'm going the one from the Giver when he was like that weird. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Sorry, go go with your answer, Will. Uh, okay, so honestly, I, I I I think we all know why I simp for Stephanie Brown, but I <laughs> uh, but I, I I really like um, homemade suits uh, or like the suits that like. You just grab like what you can and just seeing what Mark was capable of doing with what little bit he had. And I also this also translates to my love for the Marvel stuff like Captain America's like Bucky rescue suit. Like that is one of my favorite suits. Like it's very simple. It's like, oh, hey, it's just a bomber jacket, helmet, just, like, my shield just enough to protect me. Like I'm going in with my, and a gun like I'm, I'm going in with what I got. So I just I, I like that. I mean, obviously, I like the sleeker design, but uh, the and of course, I just picked both. So, hey, have fun with that, guys. Uh um, but, uh, but gun to my head, I, I like ho- homemade suits, uh, but the sleeker suits him well and is what we've grown to know, know him for. But I do, I, spoilers, because I've seen some of the other covers of these. I know he gets a sweet blue and black suit, which oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hyped for. So I want that. I want more of that, please. The sooner we get there, the better. So I'm going to disagree with you, Will. Uh, I like the uh, Art Rosenbaum suit a lot more. Um, one, because I think it's very, this is a very unique suit because a lot of times, uh, like, the logos are just, like, kind of on the chest, right? And his eye symbol is, like, his whole... Whole torso. Like, yeah, whole torso, which is dope. Um, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, the other thing I liked about it uh, is when he says... Um, uh, I. Like when he goes for like the first one and he doesn't like it, but he's like, uh, I want to keep the goggles because it keeps the bugs out of my eyes when I when I'm flying. Um, I was like, oh, dude, impulse from justice. I was like, yeah, perfect. So so I, I like I really like that moment because um, it was just like uh, one of those things where most superheroes don't you don't think like a lot of a lot of stuff isn't like super practical with suits. Right. Um, I mean, they're getting more practical now, but um, because you know, comic book writers are 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 evolving, always evolving. But um, you don't see it a lot. Uh, practicality in in super suits. So like the fact he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna keep these goggles so I don't get bugs in my eyes is like, oh yeah, that's cool. It's different. So um, I'm gonna keep. I'm I'm sticking with the Mark Hamill suit. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off this real quick for a side tangent. My favorite comic book character we're gonna we're gonna put big air quotes around this if you haven't seen the the video with Dwayne the rock johnson and kevin hart when they're saying if you had to create like the justice league of like all the characters that they had played and they were like kevin hart hasn't played a, a superhero yet so who, who would you play and, and Dwayne says honky pete <laughs> and they like they're like okay what's honky pete superpower and he's like pockets no superhero has pockets. You need you need change for the bus. I got Unless. it. Unless they're drawn by Rob Liefeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Ben? But but he was like, you know, this this ben? character, this practicality. I've got change for the bus. I've got gum. I've got me- <laughs> breath mints. I've got you know whatever you need. You need me to hold something. I got you. And it made me laugh because you talked about practicality of the suits. I will say I personally liked the old school, like his his homemade suit. It made me feel like I was kind of looking at uh, Spider-Man from from uh, Homecoming, 
when he's in in the homemade suit with the hoodie yeah, and, and I'm like, if I was a superhero, I don't have the money to go and create some really nice like spandex right. or latex or or like I don't I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the technology to do that. You don't have Edna mode. Yeah, and yeah, you don't have anybody who's who's going in and does this for a living because superheroes like, what what are the odds of you finding the one guy who does all this in a world of 7.2 billion people? And so I I just started looking at this and I was like, I actually really like it. It made me kind of. It, it made me reminiscent to Civil War, which we'll talk about later on this podcast. But Civil War, there's this one spot where when Captain America talks, he says, you know, superheroes shouldn't have to register. They're... Will, I'm catching feedback. Superheroes shouldn't have to register because the the superheroes like they're like outlaws and, and Western and like they're, they're here to save and to, to come in right in the night save the day and just leave. Like it doesn't matter who they are under the mask. They're here to save. They are here to be heroes. And so with that, that's kind of where I sit with it. I think that this was a great suit. It made me very reminiscent of old school, like bandits and things like that. So that's where I sit with it. But our last question before we, we wrap this one up is in chapter four, like this, cause they, they've labeled them chapters instead of issues in chapter four, the missing students are turned into organic bombs. What did you think about that as just, you know, we, we typically have this bad guy. He's got goons like in comic books for the longest time. It was you go and you, you have to figure out what the bad guy was doing and, and take out all of his goons. And this one is I'm just turning students into organic bombs because my like he had like his own personal stuff and whatnot. But what are your thoughts on that, Chick? Uh, so um, he um, um, what's his name? Um uh mr hiles sorry mr hiles um he isn't in um the show um so when i, I remember when i first uh was reading through this he he scared the bejeebies out of me because uh his character is such a sociopath he's such a psychopath like um when when um like first off you're kidnapping teenagers and turning them into bombs like that's pretty terrible <laughs> um and then I remember when when um, when Mark and Eve catch him, he's like, "Oh, I didn't expect to be caught this early, but here we go. I'm going to tell you everything." And he's just so calm about it. Like he's like, "Yeah, I'm not getting revenge for my you know my dead son. I'm getting revenge because uh, culture, teenagers, and society these days suck." <laughs> and he, yeah. And there's, he's like, "Just <laughs> and." Um, and, and like when, when they catch him, he's like, oh, yeah, I have my I have the fourth one. They've been right over here right now. They're like, what? Fourth? Oh, yeah. It hasn't been reported yet. But yeah, he's right there. <laughs> I'm like, OK, this guy is awful. And that's one of um like there's a lot of really st- like stereotypical tropes that DC and Marvel does with, you know, Lex Luthor or Dr. Savannah or, you know, evil geniuses uh, type people. And they're just kind of over the top, which I love it. Um, but Kirkman does such a good job with, and these other characters he does with this too, um, does a, such a good job with just um, <laughs> creating these different scenarios that don't come up in uh, in mainstream comics um, to just be like scare the pants off of you. Um, this dude's a sociopath. Like he's just kidnapping teenagers and turning in them bombs just because he's old and crotchety and has got like the whole you know old man get off my lawn vibes. That's it. <laughs> it's so crazy. So, and the last thing I'll say about about this this villain 
is I think is really good foreshadowing. Um, Jordan, you've seen the show, so you know who this character is. Um, but I think it's really good because he's very, he's very much like um, D.A. Sinclair, who D.A. Sinclair is the guy who also kidnaps people but turns them into like superpowered zombie cyborgs, right? Yeah. And it, it's a lot like that because it's a guy who um, uh, Mr. Hiles uh, cr- used to create weapons for the mil- military and um, he kidnaps people and experiments on, on, on them and puts technology on them. So it's really good foreshadowing because D.A. Sinclair, as creepy as this uh, this teacher is with turning kids into into bombs, uh, D.A. Sinclair so much worse, a lot worse, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was really good foreshadowing for D.A. Sinclair and really good job of creating it, like a weird scenario that, shows evil in a different way than a lot of mainstream comic books do. So, yeah, I was all I was all for it. No, that's that's great. You know, for me, it was really hard to read being a youth pastor and just loving <laughs> students and and just being there because I mean that that's my world is when outside of outside of my family, my world is youth ministry. I deal with teenagers all the time and to know that missing kids were turned into bombs in this story like that could it's terrifying it is it's it is terrifying and for them to wake up and then boom like they're they're not even awake long enough to realize what's going on and it's terrifying and because that could be real if some psychopath decided hey i'm gonna go read comics there's a lot of things in comics that come out that i'm like i'm surprised that we haven't seen some of this kind of stuff we've had similar stuff like uh in the 90s with uh unabomber and everything like that like it's happened before like what kind of psychopath just mails bombs to people? It, it's well, crazy. Yeah. There, there's that, and then like here in Oklahoma City, we've got the Oklahoma City bombing. Like that was mm-hmm. a huge thing that happened in '95, and and they they thought at one point I believe the Unabomber was attached is what they had believed, but it, they thought yeah it wasn't it, him, but it wasn't it, yeah. Um, but going through that, it's like this stuff is scary. This this is hard reality uh, for some of us, and and just to know that this kind of thing when kids go missing, like it's not a joke. And so I think this kind of helps some people if, if they read it, they would start to realize the horrors that truly can happen and, and not to scare people, but just to, to realize, you know, this this could be it like this. This is how some <laughs> things could play out. And, and there are demented people out there. And like you said, this does foreshadow another character and and who is a lot worse. And that's really hard to say. Which, but yeah, it's and it's hard to think about. Like, yeah, how, how do you get worse than kidnapping teenagers and turning in them into bombs? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, then D.A. Sinclair <laughs> walks yeah. in. So. But I think what was really cool about this is the first issue starts with the end of this issue. So, like, issue one starts where he's carrying the human bomb and chucks right. him. It blows up, and that's kind of how it ends in issue four. And so it was kind of... That's the that's the cool thing I love about Invincible is the first volume was very self-contained. Like you could just end it right there. Like just do a four-part miniseries. That's how you start, and that's just boom right there. It was all very interconnected. It was it was, hey, let's try this, and if it takes off, great. If not, we got a story, and that's that's really all we needed. And I liked that, but we'll see kind of where things go from here. And one of my uh, one of my other favorite parts about this that part particular part was um, like earlier that day. When he wasn't, because he's his teacher. When Mark was in his class, his teacher got him on him about something, right? And it was kind of like a knee-jerk reaction, and 
Mark didn't appreciate it. So the this guy has a bomb. He turned himself into a bomb, and he's about to. He was like, "Oh, I can't think of any other better way to end this than to blow up two superheroes." And then then Mark's like, "No, nah, you're not going to do that." And he flies him up to the sky and to throw him away from so he doesn't like you know hurt anyone. And then on his way to throw this guy to get to get blown up, Mark's like, "You know what? I did not appreciate the way you talked to me in class today." <laughs> and then bam. Throws him off to his death. <laughs> yeah, like his his whole creepy moment with this guy, just sociopath, just like explaining how crazy he is to the to the superheroes, and then the next moment, just this really weird <laughs> comedic thing. Like, hey, I know you're about to you know get hurled to your death, but you, I did not appreciate the way you talked to me today. Bye bye, boom. Yeah, no, I I think that that's a great point, Will. For the this, we're talking the organic bombs. What yeah. was your thought about the students with organic uh, bombs? Uh, well, I guess that's one way to blow up on TikTok. Stop! Stop! Okay. That was, wow, that was awful. That was awful. I know. I don't know. Just uh, because I heard a little bit of chicks thoughts at the beginning there. I mean, the, I forget when Invincible started, but like. He's not wrong. That kids suck <laughs> to a degree. It's he's definitely a sociopath and awful. He sh- ne- any supervillain who does something like this is awful, awful, awful. But I, I, I mean, I mean, this kind of stands out because you. I mean, I mean, crap. You don't see that every day, like in a superhero comic book. I mean, we have like the remembering up the show again. Uh, that that when they go on that college visit where that guy is making like androids or whatever of people. Yeah, Jason just, Clare. I, yeah, mm-hmm. Jason Clare. Does that show up later? <laughs> You'll never tell. <laughs> We're not saying anything. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. Snape kills Dumbledore. Anyway. Um, yeah. I can't believe this you is just a solid read. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, podcast listeners. I am exhausted, but jo- Jordan's a trooper and he's putting up with me over here. I'm <laughs> we love you, Will. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way, guys. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. As we're wrapping up, real quick, one through ten, one being don't read, ten being definitely get on this. What would you rate it? Three thousand. <laughs> Over nine thousand. I'm gonna stick to the rules because these boys didn't. I'm gonna say a ten. This is not. I don't typically give the highest rating. Um, I typically see like issues that. I <laughs> see what I did there. Uh, there's typically oh. issues that are that come up with it all and. Uh, I I didn't really find that here. I think it was a really good. I, some parts were hard, just with like being a youth pastor and seeing the, the students disappear and be turned into bombs. That that was hard, but I think that this this book was really well done and it was it was a fresh pace. Um, that was it was mm-hmm. different. It wasn't your typical thing. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Invincible, and we will catch you guys next time on the Comic Book Club. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around after the show. We are doing our weekly wrap-up. We are talking about what comic books we're currently reading. So Will, what are you reading right now, bud?
Currently, I picked up Spider Gwen uh, into the Gwenverse or just Gwenverse. Uh, I just I think I'm so used to saying that with the movies and all that. And also, before I get into it, we got to talk about Sony. What are you doing pushing that movie back? Like, it, it, I know I, my heart sunk. I was gonna say, is Morbius involved? Because if you're removing from the movie, thank you for pushing it back. <laughs> but why would you? If you're removing it, why would you push it back like seven, eight months? I'm guessing there's just more stuff going on in the movie theater industry than we than we know. Uh, but anyway, off topic there. So obviously, this is a Gwen-centric version of the Spider-Verse. Um, we, we check in on her. I've, I haven't read Ghost Spider or Spider-Gwen or whatever she's going by these days in a minute. But she's had some fun runs. Uh, I know you were talking about Daredevil recently. Before I get into the main bulk of the story, uh, she had to face a down on Matt Murdock a little bit because he is the kingpin in her universe, which breaks my freaking heart when I was reading that. And it, she got the symbiote, so she was going a little bit darker too. Like she was about to take him out and all this. I'm just going like, I don't want to see her soul be, be, be taken over here, but also Matt Murdock's the kingpin now? No! <laughs> <laughs> like, just breaks my heart <laughs> to see that. But in this take... Um, we're recapping with Gwen. Uh, life seems to be going good. She, similar to Peter and any spider person. She's trying to balance that like school and friend life and being a superhero and her dad being. She, she's almost essentially Marvel. I hate to say this. She's Marvel's version of Batgirl, essentially, because Captain Stacy. Oh, yeah. Gordon. I, I, I mean, I'm sure that comparison has been made by other notable podcasts as well or other superhero nerds like ourselves but i mean they have a very friendly relationship about it and just he kind of like sets her in tone but the main bulk of the story starts in the future where a pop star like influencer cyberpunk nonsense lady wants to take over the world when like social media first takes over so she makes this device and even has like her own version of the sinister six which are like combinations of people they are like really bizarre looking i forget all the names but i i remember enjoying those but something goes wrong and i guess when gwen's hopping universes uh to come to our to the 616 universe to see miles peter and everybody and help help them out and go to school and all that um she interferes and then all the Gwyns team up and she teams up with the Gwynthor of that universe. We've seen her like being all confident going, God, Hey, verily and all that stuff. And uh, of course the new versions of the Sinister six are coming to chase them and all that. And stuff is just kicking off. I'm very intrigued. I was kind of lukewarm on it. It's also kind of drew on almost like an anime or like a manga a little bit. I'm going like, okay, okay. I'm enjoying this a little bit. Um, it's very stylized, but I'm intrigued to see where it goes. And also, like most things with me, there's a version of Gwyn on the cover. I don't know if she's going to show up, but there's a Cap Gwyn as well. And I'm like, I, oh, cool. Uh, I, she better be a prominent story, part of the story. But while well, she's just going to show up at issue five, throwing her shield or something, I'm like, oh, good enough. We'll get that version of Miles and her together at some point, and I'll be happy. But I, I enjoyed it. But Jordan, what are you reading, man? You know, I had a lot of fun with this one. These are a three issue. It was kind of like a spoof. So it's called KFC Presents. And so they had three, like, different comics. And this is probably one of my favorites. It was the Colonel of Two Worlds. So they did, like, the Flash of Two Worlds kind of thing there. Then they had the Colonel Corps and then Across the Universe. And so each of these books specifically deal with, like, him setting up KFCs across the universe or assembling, like, different versions of himself to to better sell chicken. <laughs> So just, we both had some multiverse adventures to check yeah, out. Th this one was the multiverse <laughs> adventure. And I think what was really funny was like, you have like the good Colonel Sanders who's in white. And then you have the bad Colonel Sanders who is like the negative version. He's like in all black and he's got like the white little tie and, and all those. 
And I just really enjoy that there's a specific spot where Larflees is a character and he comes in. Okay, and one of your faves. Yeah, and just anything Green Lantern, I absolutely love. And so seeing him come in and he's like, no, the, the chicken recipe is mine because with him being the Green Lantern. And so they actually set up a KFC on his planet so that way he can always have KFC chicken. I'm like, what happened here? Like, who who thought, let's put KFC and DC Comics together? Like, it was so funny. And I just, it's one of my favorites. And I every now and then I'll go back to it. And they were all free comics. I don't know if, if you can still get them or not. But I, I put them on my account years and years and years ago. And, and so they're all digital. And it was, it's it's a great read. I encourage you to go check it out because, like, there's an actual, like, chicken as Colonel Sanders, and then they've got like. But real talk is the Norm Macdonald, Jim Gaffigan, and Reba McIntyre ones in the comic. Because if not, worst comic ever already. If they're not there, <laughs> you know, I think that this happened before all that. So, okay, okay, okay. So I, I don't think that we'll see that. But I would, I really wish they would have done a number four, and I wish they would have just kept going because I would have loved to see a KFC in Gotham, and I would have loved to see like some of that, like see some of the Batman villains like trying to steal the secret formula, the recipe and all that. Oh, it goodness. Just, it was great. It was fun. It had no consequence to anything else, but just kind of self-contained story. And it kind of takes over three three different issues. And, and they released them one year after the next after the next. So it wasn't like you got like three issues in one year. No, like it was, hey, we're just releasing an issue. Hey, next year we're releasing the second issue. Hey, oh, hey, there's a third issue. Like it was just fun. Um, and they're they're a few years old, and it was just a lot of fun with that. But I definitely give that one a a solid eight out of ten. They, they were fun and they were nonsense, and so. But I I encourage it. So guys, thanks for sticking around, and we will catch you next time on the Comic Book Club.